Welcome to Masterpiece Theater. I am Alistair Cook, host of the show. And oh, wait, that's the wrong script. Sorry. This is Healthcare Marketing Insights. I'm Chris Bevelo. It's the week of April 26, 2010. And the people with me, Adam and Jackie, probably have no idea what Masterpiece Theater is, do you? Oh, no, it's that, it's that creepy dude with the goatee who has famous no, actors. No, that's a different guy. What's that one? Isn't that masterpiece? And they sit like on the black stage, the black backdrop, and he just asks some questions and like his. That's like master actor, master. I know what you're talking about, and the guys. Oh, the the actor studio or something like that. Is that what that is? Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's all. Masterpiece theater with Alistair Cook. I think it was on PBS back in the seventies. Yeah, that was before I was born. (laughs) You could probably what reminds me of. It reminds me a bit of that. Uh, did Harry Carey have an actual show, or did Will Ferrell make that up on Saturday Night Live? No, he did not have it out. Oh, he might have done. He uh, might have done. I think he did the actor studio, though. You're thinking of when Will Ferrell did a takeoff on the actor studio, where the guy. Oh, was that yeah. what that was? Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. I thought he did one with with, with Harry Carey because he was like, "No, let me ask you a question." <laughs> Maybe he did. Maybe he did both. But I know if the moon were made out of sticks, I would know you that eat he, he I, I know I would. <laughs> I know that he did the guy because the guy's really creepy, and he did Harry Carey. Yes, yeah, he did. He did a really good job on the on the right. uh, actor's studio. But dude. neither one of those is we'll masterpiece to... theater. I think you have to right. be at least four. No, off to off to the YouTube that sucker, and uh, I've heard of it. I just yeah. haven't seen it. So anyway, we digress. <laughs> We digress. We're Interval, by the way, healthcare marketing firm that puts on this podcast. And if you've never heard it before, you're probably going, what the hell is this? But that's okay. I like to throw you a curveball every once in a while. So I have to to ask you guys about this question I heard. And I had a – this thing – so here's what happened. I was in a meeting (laughs) with senior hospital executives. So picture the scene. And we were talking about an advertising campaign, and we were talking about the need to go to market with something that's relevant to consumers. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, and, and I was building the case for why your instinct is to just pound your chest and say, you know, how great we are, and talk about yourself. But when you look at it from the consumer perspective. Uh, most folks don't care about you. So as soon as they know that's what you're doing, they're not going to tune in. Right. So, so that kind of, you know, it's the Joe public doesn't care about your hospital argument. And one of the, so one of the executives said, well, if that's true, then why do all the other hospitals advertise this way? Which was the traditional, look how great we are way. Uh, and normally I think, I don't know, there must've been something in the air. I would have been really frustrated by that because that's the the answer is because you, you do just what you did. You all look around and we're never going to get out of this, but I actually felt empathy. I felt like, first of all, she doesn't know this, this woman isn't in marketing. So she really doesn't have anything to base, you know, why should she believe what I'm saying? She looks around, she sees everybody doing something else. Uh, it's natural for her to go, well, what you're saying is different than that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and executives at hospitals and health systems are, I mean, they're just trained and they're beat over the head over and over and over again. They're measured on benchmarking. 
And so it's just in their DNA yeah. to go, well, what is other what are other folks doing? So I didn't even feel angry or, or mad at the comment. I thought, gosh, you know, this just shows how much we have to overcome to get renewed to go. But, you know, what do you guys think when you, I mean, we've heard it a thousand times before, but it really did hit me different this time. Yeah, you know, I've always said, and I'll, I can say it again, I think being being in, in marketing, probably in any industry, but especially in healthcare, you know, half of your job is being an educator internally as to, you know, I, I, for lack of a better way to say it, for the, the talking about the value that you bring or, or the the value of your way of thinking, um, because that is just common. People I, don't get it. You know, they want they want they on one hand they ask you for something that's going to help differentiate you, make you stand out from the crowd. But then when sometimes when you bring those ideas forward, it's like, well, why aren't we doing? You know, this doesn't look anything like the other stuff I'm seeing why doesn't it why aren't we doing what they're doing it's like if you want to if you want to <laughs> right. stand out you can't do what everybody else is doing obviously it just seems mm-hmm. like a no-brainer but sometimes sometimes and rightfully you know and i understand why um you know people don't connect those things just like i don't you know there's a line of work any line of work that i'm not in i might might might, might not make those obvious connections either so i certainly don't fault anyone for right. not making those but yeah it's our it's our job to help people you know make right. those connections i think it's kind of scary for some people too yeah. Just because, you know, they see what their competitors are doing and they're all looking the same, so it's safe. Right. And that's I think that's a huge part of it, Jackie, because these folks, you know, these are senior executives in hospitals and health systems. Uh, they've been, you know, trampled on for the last couple of years financially. Right. It's, you know, you're scared to death. You, you know, every dollar counts. The last thing you want to do is something different, it seems like, because all that could, you know, you're taking a risk. I mean, yeah. basically, that's what that is, is risk taking. And you're trying to mitigate every risk you can, given the environment we're in. So that's where I felt the empathy and, and was like, gosh, you know, mm-hmm. I understand where that person's coming from. And, and Adam, you're right. It's up to us. I mean, there's so many ways to come at it. I mean, my first, the first thing I said was, that question haunts me every night. I mean, why do they? And then another VP... <laughs> jumped in and said the reason they do that is because of internal pressure because of of other folks that think that that's the right thing to do or that want to celebrate themselves and aren't thinking about it from a marketing effective standpoint so mm-hmm. yeah well, it's nice for that to come from a vp yes. and not from yeah you. and yeah, so but you know you there was other folks in the meeting that you could just see are like physically struggling with the idea that you're not just touting, you're not, you're just pounding your chest and saying, we're great. Uh, and even though I said it, you know, I laid, I laid out the case before I even showed the, the, the advertising concepts, uh, because I was like, okay, these are, these aren't marketers. So if you just go in there with how we think and what we bring forward, it, you're going to completely miss them. So I set the whole thing up, which yeah. was good. Uh, and went over it time and time again in the meeting, had those questions and people were still like, Oh, why can't we, you know, say in the headline that we're awesome. And, um, <laughs> you know, and you also want to say, you know, Adam, your point too, uh, even if what everybody else is doing is effective, let's just assume yeah. that all the things you see out there work. Do you want to look like everybody else? I mean, no, you're not going to be able to stand out. But I, I said, I go, do not use other hospitals as your benchmark <laughs> for what works in advertising. Right. Do not, yeah. because <clears throat> I mean, your whole goal is to convince somebody to come to your organization rather than your your competitor. 
So why are you going to put the exact same message out there and try to look exactly like them? I mean, you need to differentiate right. yourself. And, and, and that assumes that even what, what that message is, even if it's the same, is effective. Uh, but that's right, a huge right. assumption in hospital marketing. I mean, huge. The majority of what you see out there is not effective. It's the same old stuff because of the mentality we talked about of, you know, I don't know any better. I, I count on benchmarking. I look across the street. We've talked about all that before. But yeah. You also kind of want to just say, you know, what all of our moms said to us. Well, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge too? Right? I mean, <laughs> stop and think. Just stop and think about this stuff and go, well, okay, I see them doing it over there, but does that mean I should do it? So you can't say that. That's, I mean, you can say it jokingly, I guess. But anyway, it was it was... It was an interesting, my reaction was curious to me because I think in the past I would have been visceral and I would have been, you know, like, what the hell? You know, and all, you know, passion would have come pouring out. Instead, for some reason, I just was like, you know, I understand where you're coming from on that. So, which helps. That's a Mm -hmm. a better way to get people past it than saying, what are you, the hell are you thinking? (laughs) That doesn't tend to convince a lot of people. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Yeah, I don't know. All right, so... I'm not even going to ask people to send in their stories of that kind of, because then we'll get like flooded. Our the email server will break down and our website will crash <laughs> because every healthcare marketer in the world has heard that like a hundred times, <laughs> right? So, anyway, just something to think about as you when next time you encounter that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about Jackie's favorite topic. I love how you say that whenever we. Whenever we, I, we go should on just, it. yeah, we should just title it Jackie's. Now it's time for Jackie's favorite, <laughs> Jackie's yeah. Corner Healthcare Reform. Perfect. And I think, and I think you must be going. What you know? What in the world? We this thing passed. Why do we have to keep talking about this? It's done, isn't it? Yeah. That's what you were hoping. I know that's, that's what, what I was hoping, hoping, but go right ahead. Not so much. Well, I, you know, I'm. I myself have just started digging into trying to understand what all this means and and it's you know it's a beyond me so trying to wait for people that i trust to weigh in on it uh whether it's you know media sources or consultants or whatever and you know the first kind of commentary and opinions out of the gate uh, are not positive really when it comes to what this can mean for hospitals and health systems there's a great article we'll provide a link to it in our show notes from health leaders media written by Cheryl Clark, and it's called Is Health Reform a Disaster or Opportunity for Hospitals? And she quotes a couple of analysts and consultants in there, and it's primarily, it's a negative. They're saying this could be, this could be, this could really hurt hospitals. Uh, And then this to me is from a kind of an economic standpoint or a credibility standpoint, helps back that up. So here's the quote. Kaufman, who is is a guy that she quotes later earlier in the article, uh, Kaufman's view on how reform will affect hospital finances was echoed to some extent by a dispatch from Moody Investor Service. So that's a rating service which rates, uh, you know, stocks and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That said, quote, not for profit hospitals and health systems and many standalone community hospitals will have difficulties dealing with future constraints on reimbursement from payers and demands to operate more efficiently. So when you've got rating services, folks that you know are experts theoretically, 
of course, they missed the whole real estate bubble. But experts at evaluating businesses <laughs> uh, saying that this is going to be a real financial strain on hospitals, I think that's that's really credible. And in a nutshell, it's just because the money that they get for treating patients is going down for their primary source, Medicare, mm-hmm. Medicaid as well. Mm-hmm. So they're getting less money. They're going to be getting less money. They're expected to make that difference up through efficiency and through treating more patients that will be covered because now more people will have coverage. Right. Uh, and the consensus is that doesn't add up. Those two things don't balance each other. Uh, and hospitals are going to continue to face financial pressure because of it. And there's not enough efficiency to squeeze out uh, to make up the difference. So that's why folks are looking at this going, I'm not sure how this is really going to work. Yeah. So then what does that mean for healthcare marketers? I Jackie? Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have an in depth analysis on the. On the constraints and <laughs> blah, 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 and the blah, 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 blah. Somehow I don't. <laughs> well, I, well I, I think the obvious, which probably doesn't even really need to be stated, is that you know when money is, when you're, when you're pinching oh, well, yeah. pennies, uh, marketing is inevitably going to get, is going, inevitably going to be affected. Yes. It's true. Uh, budgets are going to be, are going to be lesser. Um, staff may be, you know. May also be down. I it's 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 it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Yeah, I think I think that's the the one conclusion you can draw. If all that's true, if this causes continued financial strain, so in other words, taking what we've just experienced over the last you know couple of years and just saying, okay, that's the that's the new normal. That's not going to get any better. Uh, you know, it's it's going to cause that financial crush on the non-essentials, which in in most cases is seen as marketing. Yeah, yeah. Well, if any, I mean, maybe you know, if there's play devil's advocate, maybe there's a good side. Maybe it'll force marketers to be smarter with their with their with their budgets. Um, I don't know. I think we see a lot of irresponsible. Maybe maybe irresponsible is the raw is the wrong way to put it. But a lot of ineffective spending. Right. Um, on just on things that are just not effective. So if you've got a smaller budget and you're forced to think differently as to how you're going to use that money wisely, maybe maybe there'll be some maybe there could be some good to come out of that. I don't know. Yeah, well, you can hope for that. I mean, yeah, you know, unfortunately, I don't. I'm not sure it's. I don't know. I mean, it it it's it probably won't change the political pressure that causes a lot of the ineffectiveness that we see, right? I mean, if we were to assign reasons yeah, behind yeah. it, it could be markers that, that aren't sophisticated. I'm sure there are plenty of those. Uh, it could just be, you know, whatever reason. But the, the the main reason is because marketers are often forced to do things that they have no choice in. Right. Right. And I think I think many times when you when you find healthcare marketers who are able to push um, innovative thinking through or innovative approaches to their communications. A lot of times, it it, it is those um, you know uh, sophisticated individuals, and I I don't know. I think you're going to see them. You're going to see those yeah. who leave the industry because if they're not they're not going to have opportunities to do what they love. They're not going to yeah. um, you know being able to bring those organizations to the forefront. So you're probably you know it's very likely that you're going to be you know left with the 
you know, less than innovative individuals who somehow ended up in a marketing role, or you're going to get people from, I don't know, we see it time and time again, especially with smaller organizations where marketing departments just simply don't exist. And marketing is another role of <clears throat> somebody who also fills yeah. you know, the HR roles and other potentially other roles as well. So I don't know. You're going to see, I think you're going to see a lot of the brains that can really drive innovation just go to other industries. Right, right. And, and folks that know that what, you know, don't believe in what they're doing. You know, if it's hard to work at any job day in, day out, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're contributing, if you don't feel like what you're doing matters, mm -hmm. you know, all those things. And if, right. And if all of your, all of your ideas and all of your advice gets right. shot down. It's like, why, why, are, yeah. why am yep. I even here if I'm just supposed to, if you need somebody to do what you want me to do without thinking about it or without being critical about it, then, you know, hire a, a freelancer out of college who can just get your, you know, get your work yep. done for you or execute your ideas yeah. that are not good. Well, it would be interesting to see how it all plays out. And, you know, I think for sure, some of the messages that I've been hearing that are, that are hard to debate with are one, this is here to stay. The, the healthcare reform law is not going anywhere. It's, you know, all the lawsuits that you hear about are pretty much politically motivated. They don't really have a shot at, at changing anything. The only way to change it would be to have, you know, the Republicans, basically the folks who opposed it become the majority in, in Congress uh, and the white house to a level that they could, you know, you got that silly 60 supermajority, which would be, I mean, they'll, they'll probably gain in the November elections, but they're not going to, it's not going to turn over that and certainly not going to lose the White House. So mm -hmm. it's, it's not going anywhere. So that's one thing. Uh, it's got the potential to have significant changes on how hospitals operate. That seems to be sure. And the third thing is, but people aren't really sure how. So those are kind of the three knowns. And the last one's not really a known. It's <laughs> a, known, a known that we unknown? don't. It's a known unknown. That was who was that? That was Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld who said, "No, he no, said no. there's we know what we know, we know what we don't know, and we don't know what we don't know, or something like that." Brilliant. Yeah, it was. It was hysterical to to hear it. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. So anyway, we'll keep our eye on it. The other thing that I'm hearing that I don't know how much it affects healthcare marketers, but will be fascinating to watch is. You know, right now, reimbursement is basically fee-for-service. So in other words, if you're a doctor and you do something, there's a, there's a code for it and you bill for it and insurance or Medicare pays you for it. Mm -hmm. Hospital, same way. So uh, if, if you are in getting some kind of surgery, you're going to get a bill from the hospital that's got a certain reimbursement code for the stay, and you're going to get a bill from the doctor that's got a certain uh, reimbursement code for the procedure and, and so on, right? So a big part of this reform is basically changing that so that they're called accountable care organizations and hospitals and physicians have to get together. And for, for a large number of uh, health scenarios, so let's say uh, knee surgery, instead of having individual reimbursement based on those roles I just said, there's going to be a pot of money for that service. And it's going to be up to the individuals to figure out how it gets divided. So you're going to have like, okay, instead of the doctor getting paid for his gig and the hospital getting paid for their gig and the anesthesiologist getting paid for their gig, you're going to, the government is going to say from a Medicare perspective, here's your money. 
divide it up however you think is appropriate. Right. So that would be awesome to just put those folks in an arena and watch <laughs> yeah, exactly. how they're going to figure that out. And, and one of the outcomes is it's scaring independent physicians to death because if they don't belong to these you know, accountable care organizations, if they don't figure out right. how to, to work within the hospitals, because the hospitals are going to be the ones <laughs> primarily driving these, um, they're going to be in the outs. So in the, you know, these standalone surgical centers could face some serious issues uh, because they're not going to be able to tap into that. Uh, and so that's in the article, too where, you know, those kind of folks are, are really nervous. But can you imagine just saying, hey, figure it out. Here's your money. Figure it out. Yeah, fun. <laughs> yeah, these groups that, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they, it's already a love-hate relationship, right? I mean, they they oh, partner yeah, yeah. and they compete, and there's different levels of that, and they hate each other for this reason or that reason, and, and now it's basically you're throwing them in a – it's like a cage match. You're throwing them in a cage with money and yeah. saying – figure it out i mean yeah. the ones that figure it out will be in good shape but boy there'll be a lot that you know it'll just dissolve it'll disintegrate it'll get really bad and ugly i don't know ultimate healthcare yeah championship. the cage <laughs> uhcc <laughs> number 42 from las vegas <laughs> matching good hope hospital and Good Hope Hospital. Cardiology group. St. Mary's. <laughs> the St. Mary's Saw versus the cardiology group Killers. <laughs> no. The St. Mary's Cardinal. Reimbursement 42, the grudge match. <laughs> Sunday, Sunday. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see how that goes, too. All seats just <laughs> five bucks. Nice. All right, so... I'm going to put some echo yeah, on that I think part. You should. You should. <laughs> All right. Adam, you brought up one more topic. I don't even know if we should cover it, but why not? Because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Somebody found the secret. So, so tell me if this is true. This is what I heard. A technology blogger found what they claim to be the next generation iPhone in a bar, which to me, sounds huh? like the biggest pile of beep ever that that coincidentally would happen, but that's the story, correct? Uh, very, very... It's, uh, yeah, to somebody who, who just gave you like a quick overview of what they heard, um, that would be a, a, a decent takeaway. Um, in a nutshell, what happened, um, apparently it is an actual prototype for the new iPhone that's coming out um, at some point, probably later this year, this summer, maybe um, what happened was an, an Apple, one of the developers, they get, the iPhone gets to a stage in development where they need to actually test, test it. And, 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 and to really test a phone, you need to have it out in the real world using it. Um, so I guess what common practices for Apple like with the iPhone is they'll disguise it try to disguise it as an older phone. So this thing, it's, it's, it's actually, if you haven't seen the pictures of it, it's a, it's a pretty, on, on one level, a pretty significant departure from the current design. It's much more squared off. It's a little more kind of brawn looking. It looks really nice. I mean, I, I actually like the, the new design, but it was put in a case for an older iPhone so that it looked like an old phone. Well, what happened was one of the, an Apple developer who is testing it was at a bar for his birthday, and he either fell out of his pocket or he just left it sitting on the bar, probably had a few too many. It was his birthday and forgot it and left. 
somebody else, uh, well, according to the story, which is on Gizmodo, which is a big technology blog, um, according to the story, somebody else found it. Um, like some other drunk dude came by and asked some guy, like, is this your phone? He's like, no, it's not. They started kind of like trying to figure it out. They popped it open and, you know, the guy's name came up. They started it in his Facebook page. You know, he had Facebook on there. So that came up and they saw exactly who it was. <laughs> um, but rather, rather than giving the device to the bartender, you know, kind of a lost and found, which you, you know, that's typical. If I found a wallet at a bar, I would give it to the bartender. They'd probably put it in the lost and found or a phone or whatever, a pair of glasses, a jacket. Um, but instead, um, you know, they found out who they saw who it was immediately, you know, although they don't know who this guy is, uh, no idea that he was an Apple developer. Um, and for some reason held onto it. The guy who held onto it claimed that he was going to, you know, he was a little drunk and figured he'd get it, try to get it back to the guy the next day. Well, the next day the phone was bricked, which means somebody remotely destroyed all the data. Uh, if you have an iPhone, you know that you can actually do that if you use the uh, find my phone feature. I've, I've got that activated. Um, if, my, if I lost my phone, um, I could send a message to it that said, hey, Dick, give me my phone back. You know, if I think it was stolen, you know, that message would pop up on the screen. What did you say? My, my phone would be. What did you just say? I said, hey, Dick. <laughs> do- I said, well, never mind. Just say Richard. Um, that's what they say on the radio. Richard. Yes, that's what I meant. It was short for Richard. Um, but yeah, so I have the option of I could, my, my phone would be locked after 15 minutes anyway. So somebody would have to keep it active. Um, but they could, I could send messages to it. I could get a GPS location of it and see exactly where it is. Another option I have is to destroy all the data on it remotely. Um, Can so you self-destruct it? That would be even better. It will not self-destruct, <laughs> but that would be pretty, very mission, very mission impossible. Um, so anyway, the guy, the developer, I guess, was frantically calling the bar the next day, trying to, you know, do you have my phone? Is it there? They, they didn't have it, so they didn't, they didn't know. In the meantime, um, the dude who kept it figured out what it was and um, or had some suspicions that this could actually be a legit Apple product, a new version of it, and started kind of shopping it around to technology blogs. And I, I either, the, Gizmodo either gave him 5000 or $10,000 for the phone. Um, they got it in their possession, started, you know, got the cases off it, saw it was a whole new design, opened it up, started looking at it, and really you know, and figured out that this is legitimately a new Apple product because everything in it was genuine Apple parts, especially once you open it and start looking at the all core, the, the stem, the core, <laughs> yeah, everything. Yes. The core, the stem, the pistol. The pistol. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, it's legit. We got a pretty cool little sneak preview of the new iPhone front facing camera, back facing camera. It's much more squared off. It's got like a ceramic, uh, back on it of some sort. It looks pretty sleek. I kind of like it actually. So did but, that guy um, get the axe? Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, Apple's notorious for just you know if you if you you know if, typically this guy would probably disappear um, along with half <laughs> of his family. And uh, nice. That yeah. would be that. And do you but, do you believe all that, or do you? I mean, do, doesn't part of you want to think well, that this is this is staged. all intentional by Apple? It could be. I mean, there's, there's discuss, there's, there is, um, yeah, there's that possibility. But I think, I mean, the, the people who are talking about it are legitimate, you know, journalists who you know, cover Apple stuff all the time. And they're the people who certainly wear that skeptic hat, um, at all times and are, and are never afraid to call BS when they see it. And they're all, you know, it, it, it certainly could be staged by Apple. Um, maybe it's their way of getting a sneak peek out there to see what your reactions are to some things. Um, 
but at the same time, you know, the way they reacted, they're like, yes, this, you, we want this device back. Um, the story seems like it could be legit. You know, the uh, people who are close to Apple say, yes, this is how they test units. Uh, but no, nothing like this has ever happened with a test unit before. You know, people who are testing it don't typically all get drunk and forget it at the bar. Well, um, but it, I mean, mis- mistakes happen. So, I mean, yes, it seems fishy, but at the same time, it's like, well, you know, we're all, we're all human. This guy's human. It certainly could, certainly could. Well, happen, what what I thought was funny, and I'll just add my little two cents to it was all this like mysterious, you know, the whole story is awesome. And then they mm-hmm. describe, I mean, I know that it was brick, so they couldn't get into it, but they were trying to describe right. like how it was different. And it was just ridiculous. You know, instead of rounded corners, it has square <laughs> corners and it's got a ceramic back instead of a sword. But who gives a rip? I mean, there was nothing in it that was like revolutionary. It wasn't like, you know, it could walk around right. and it, you know, it knew yeah. my name. Well, and- I mean, some of those things, some of those things are, are are certainly advancements from where the phone is now. Like the, the ceramic Whoa, back come on, it can't be. allows, allows for, allows for better, um, better signal reception, which could help with the drop call issue, which most people blame on AT and T, but certainly could be, you know, could uh, the, the, the pieces itself, the phone itself could play a role in that. The other thing is Apple owns uh, patents for touch gestures on the back of a device. If they somehow work in, you know, work that into this ceramic surface that it actually can accept touch gestures back there too, that could be kind of a neat thing. So if you're just, if you're holding your phone right now, I mean, just imagine like scrolling by just rubbing your finger on the back touch of the phone rather than on the front the of it. So something like that. <laughs> <laughs> a front facing camera, you know, allows you now to do video chat. That's something people look I know, I know all that, but none time, of that was so. in the description. And I know obviously there could be a lot more to it that they can't see, but I just think it's funny that this gigantic hype rumor machine or mill is going on. It's like, yeah, it's got square corners. Oh my God. You know, you can just see like <laughs> Steve jobs up there with the next rollout going, check it out. Square corners. Now you can set it on its edge. You know, won't roll over. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was, that was the humorous part of all of it was, you know, there was nothing dramatic that they could discern from it. So in the end, who gives a who? Right. Well, it's, it's an Apple product. And I think with Apple, you've got beautiful, design on the exterior but what really distinguishes an apple product is the experience like the software experience so if you can't say anything about yeah. that um that might truly be where the revolution or the 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 evolution of something really cool with a new phone could happen and they you know they had they could not say anything about that because the phone was dead yeah like it won't drop calls so. like that kind of revolution <laughs> yes wouldn't that would be you love their ads if it was like amazing the beatles revolution and it showed the ipad and people like walking and talking on the phone and then it wouldn't drop it that would be their ad no more drop calls <laughs> it's the next revolution in phones <laughs> all right be some funky uh song from some new band too, yeah. up and coming band all right again way more on apple right. products we should get like yeah, some really. kind of commission from them or as much as we talk about their product, <laughs> we think we should. Yeah, you know, we work in the creative industry, and it's kind of uh, Apple's Apple's market. Yeah, so it's fun. That's yeah, and I think I think I think a lot of people who would be listening to us, marketers, uh, are are you know they might not work on the design. Well, a lot of them probably do work on the design side, but they're still in that creative side, and more than likely use Apple products themselves if not in the office outside of the office they probably have they're forced to sit at their at their microsoft powered workstation when they're in, in at the uh at the hospital or the marketing department building wherever that may be and uh you know resent the fact that they're stuck on a 
Windows machine. Probably still running XP. However, they're probably, <laughs> Dude. They're probably happy. Yeah. <laughs> they're, pro- they're probably happy that... Uh, well, you heard about the whole McAfee thing. No, but we're not, right? we can't talk about it. We're like at 32 minutes. No, no. Yeah, but everybody got to go home yesterday and probably are still oh, home really? today. Because, yes, the McAfee antivirus or security package, some update, totally crippled networks across the country. Awesome. Nice. It didn't happen to us. So several, several companies just sent all their employees home because their whole network was down because of McAfee. So that's, there's, there's one good thing about using <laughs> PCs that uh, requires such protection. Well, we'll save that fascinating story for off. next week. <laughs> well, that's, 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 it. It. that's the whole story right there. <laughs> so you've, you've heard it. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to force us to sign off now. All right. Okay. That, I don't think this is our longest one. I think we've gone longer Let's than 32. Let's try that's, that's what she said. <laughs> you got to squeeze that in there. That's Lita. That's also, never mind. <laughs> all right. For healthcare marketing insights, as hard as it is to tell, this is Chris Bevelo. <laughs> Thank you, Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you'll return next week. Talk to you then. Bye.